0: Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blog cast. This is episode 189, and welcome to the blog cast. My name is Emily Rainbow Davis, and uh, this is my podcast, so thanks for listening. Um, I do it all by myself. Yeah, that's probably obvious. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wee, but I know, like it's I've been looking into podcast production for a kind of a bigger project, and wow, it, it's a lot more complicated once you start adding other people. Lordy. Uh today's uh blog is about um economics, sort of. Kind of not really. Um, it's about theater and I'm told that this applies to many other things besides just theater. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I think I'll just read it to you and then I'm going to tell you some other things about it once I uh, get to the other side. But, meanwhile, this is called The Other Currency in Theater Economics. When I write a new play, I'll usually gather a group of friends together, give them wine and snacks, and we'll read it. It's a great way for me to hear what's on the page and for us all to see one another. Every time, someone says, we should do this more often. Because a large portion of my network has largely left town to go raise their kids or whatever, I am always trying to add new people. Those people will go on to be the people I recommend when asked for actors. They'll become the people I ask to join me if, when I get stuck into a bigger project. Fundamentally, it's a way to get to know one another in a low stakes, pleasant, creative atmosphere, which is, of course, the way I like to work. It's not a financial transaction. I make it clear I can't pay anyone, and people self select for the experience. I am not alone in this sort of methodology. Almost no writer has the resources on their own to fund a paid developmental reading in a living room. And even if they could, there are reasons not to. Those reasons have to do with the alternate currency that flows alongside money in the making of theater and possibly in the other arts as well. The alternate currency is essentially goodwill and it is just as easily lost and gained as money. It's not explicit, but it can make all the difference in the world between getting a gig and not. I started to think about this when I invited an actor to join me for one of these living room readings. They said they were interested, but that they could no longer do things for free and would need some sort of payment. This message made me feel bad. It also means that I will never approach that actor again, first because they made me feel bad, and second, because they clearly do not understand a fundamental truth about the theater business. Now, let me pause to say that I am a fierce advocate for artists getting paid. I am sympathetic to the need for money and a desire to be paid for your work. I understand that there are a lot of people out there trying to avoid doing the right thing, and I know that sometimes folks have to agitate to be valued. The need for money prevents artists from being able to do their work, and if their art isn't paying them, then they lose double. But I actually do fight to pay artists on every rehearsed project I do. I am transparent about what is possible, that I will fight to pay them, and then I do. That's just policy. It's important. I do try like hell to put my fundraising money where my mouth is. But that said, a thing like a living room reading is not really part of that stream of economics. A living room reading is for social currency. It's for building goodwill. Instead of running auditions, we can get to know one another in a creative context and relaxed social setting. The actors have done me a favor by showing up and reading the words I wrote down, and I will return it the next time someone asks me if I know any actors who are a real pleasure to work with. Conversely, if someone asked me if I knew the actor I invited who asked to be paid when I've explicitly said there was no money, I'd tell them that story, since that's all I know. The sad thing about this is how this talented actor will never know this. As my friend said, they probably read one of those books or listened to one of those entrepreneur gurus who told them to value themselves and never work for free. And now they're making their stand at a living room soiree read where all they're doing is shooting themselves in the foot. Nobody pays for these things. No one. Tony-winning actors read my stuff for free all the time. Only the novices don't know that the building up of these experiences is how you actually have a career. I'm not sure I knew this back when I was acting. I very possibly could have made similarly self-defeating stands back in the day. Maybe I lost gigs because I didn't understand what things were social currency and what were for literal currency. I wish someone had explained it to me. I wish someone had explained it to this actor. Actors get caught up in the world of agents and casting directors and can end up worrying only about who can get them an agent. They don't realize that agents and casting directors can't give them a job. Writers and directors give actors jobs. Agents exist to introduce you to writers and directors who are putting on shows. Would you rather spend two minutes in front of a director whose eyes are getting blurry after seeing 200 actors at an audition, or three hours with them doing a whole play and chatting over wine? I know which one I'd choose. Is it all gold? No, of course not. You might have to turn up at 100 crappy readings before you find good work or people who you hope to work with in the future. But today's writer of a crappy play might be tomorrow's writer of a hit play or TV series or whatever. You don't know. The not knowing is why the social currency is not as simple as the economic currency. It's not transactional. It's not quid pro quo. It's not like, you read a play for me, I recommend something for you. And it's not even like putting money in a special currency bank. It's more like growing a garden of wildflowers than anything. You have to scatter the seeds in a wide variety of places, in a wide variety of conditions to allow for the possibility of some growth. You don't know what kind of seeds they are or what they need to grow. You don't know if they need wet or dry soil. So you just need to scatter those seeds far and wide. Showing up at things like readings are a way to scatter those seeds. A guy who read a play in my living room a few years ago just had his face on the side of a giant building on 42nd Street for his hit TV show. Those things have nothing to do with one another, really aside from the fact that I know how widely that actor scattered those wildflower seeds. Life in the theater may seem short and transient, but if you're lucky, it's long and full of unexpected connections. The relationships you nurture now may have surprising results later in life. There are many people I never would have thought would find success, but did, and vice versa, of course. The more you care for and develop relationships now, the more likely those people will be to go out on a limb for you or fight to have you be a part of their payday gig. This is why you don't fight for $25 from writers and directors now, so that they'll fight to have you for much more than $25 in the future. You want your voice to be in a writer's head. You want your cadence to be the cadence a director imagines when she envisions the show on Broadway or a job. People pay agents and casting directors to audition in front of them, but those people cannot hire you. They can only put you in front of a writer or director who can hire you. Why not skip the middleman, read a play, drink some wine, and show up as a hero for someone who might get you a gig in the future? You might not end up with your picture on the side of a building, but you'll hopefully have a good time and meet some nice people. That's the best thing about theater, really. If you're missing the social currency, you're focused on the wrong currency. Even the most successful writer who's auditioning actors for their hit show still wants people who like them or their show enough to want to do it for free at that point of course no one's doing it for free anymore but beginning with social currency is always a good idea even in the paying world have snacks with writers have wine with directors just go so the reading uh, that this is related to happened which you already know about because i told you about it i think in a, a couple a couple uh, ago. Um, so, uh, it all went great. Uh, and that it's the thing that I think is going to become uh, a podcast, um, at some point once I can figure out how to do it. Um, but, uh, the other thing that's kind of funny about this whole post is that I saw the actor, who this inspired this post um, at, an, at a reading of another thing um, that I was sort of a part of. And uh, I, so I watched like a whole performance that he was in. And he he's great. He's a really talented actor, which is why I asked him in the first place. But it, what was interesting is that, you know, it's one of those staged readings where like everybody's on stage the whole time. And there was a scene where he's just like, acting his face off you know like he's you know you you know when someone's like really doing the work and he's like in it and his body's like all, you know acting and he's he's doing great um but i noticed that all of the actors aside from one almost every actor in the company is just studiously not watching him like I feel like this is a visual, which is hard on a podcast, but if you've most, you know, actors are sort of enjoying each other, watching a piece as a piece goes on. But in this particular moment, almost the whole company was very studiously looking down at their scripts, like uh, as if they were about to come on or studying their lines. And they were not. He had he had miles to go. <laughs> so th- there's a way we're watching that happen. I was like, oh, they don't like him. They don't like him. Uh it's a thing that I know I have done as an actor <laughs> where you're just like, I can't watch that person. Um and they nobody looked, nobody gave anything away, but it was just crystal clear to me in that moment that the the group was not fond of this particular actor. And uh I was like, Oh phew, I dodged such a bullet. <laughs> I'm so glad he said no. Well, he didn't say no. He said I want to be paid, and I said sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, you 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 learn things, you discover things. Um, <laughs> it's very funny. It's such a it's such a crazy business. Anyway, uh, what do I have to tell you about um, the song today? Uh, I was going to learn Red Red Wine because this wine is featured and I couldn't think of whatever else. And then I was just like, Meh. And then I stumbled across a song that I love, like I really genuinely love and have loved to play. I used to play it years ago and it sort of fell out of my rotation. Um, but I thought actually this song might be an interesting um, example of the kind of social currency that goes on within um, theater, because okay, so the song is called Chariot. Uh, it was it's by a guy called Gavin DeGraw, um, and the this the funny social currency connection is that I happen to know an actor who I don't know personally. Like I've met him several times, but he's not my friend. He's not my actor. He's not my contact. But I know someone who works with him a lot, and uh, that person mentioned to me that he likes to sing this song, that he has sung this song maybe at a performance, I don't know exactly. But I happen to know that this actor, with whom I have not much of a relationship, uh, is a singer that sings this song. And having seen him sing, I I know he would sing the hell out of it. (laughs) So what, what's interesting to me is that if someone were, you know, asked me, hey, I, I need to, you know, have someone sing this song, I would be like that guy instantly. Like I would recommend him in a heartbeat because there's like a whole kind of, I mean, the interactions I've had with him have been positive. I know the person that he works with all the time and I know that they have. Anyway, there's a whole like vibe of good feeling around this guy that I don't really know. Um, And just because I happen to know that he once sang this song, I would suggest him in a minute, Uh, even before I would suggest myself, actually, which is very funny. Um, And yeah, so there's a there's a way where we're I think always kind of uh, at least my brain is always going like, who could do that? Who can I connect? Who can I put together to, you know, uh, make this thing uh, work, um, and have it be a, a pleasant experience at the same time. Um, so, yeah, so I, I often think of that particular actor-singer when I think of this song, um, and so here it is, going to be at the end here of this broadcast. Meanwhile, thank you for listening, and if you like the podcast, please tell somebody about it, share it, do whatever of those things you you, you do. I just joined this Website thing? I don't know what it is, but uh, it's called ratethispodcast.com. And if you, it's, I think apparently it makes it easy to just go ahead and rate and review within um, not all of the podcast apps, unfortunately, but some of them. Um, and it sort of depends on what device you're on, which podcast apps it will uh, allow you to connect to. But <laughs> all those caveats aside, you, if you, if you can and want to, go to ratethispodcast.com slash struggling artist and uh, you can just connect right through to, to post a review um, or you know rates and all of those things that, that help people find the podcast so if you're up for doing that awesome um, if you enjoy the podcast and you would like to support it financially that would be amazing patreon.com slash Davis. there's also paypal and ko-fi those links are all in the show notes and i believe that is all one other quick note about the song before i play it for you is that uh <laughs> after i recorded a, a bit of it i was like trying to take off my guitar and my headphones like they they can get kind of hooked into each other like whatever they get kind of tangled not tangled but you know connected. um, And in the act of trying to remove one or both, I can't remember exactly which, I sort of tweaked my wrist, (laughs) which was not nice. Um, So I'm glad I at least got the guitar part recorded (laughs) early. Um, And I don't know, I haven't attempted to play anything in a few days. So I'm just warning you that this song may I might we'll see what how, how the next ones go it may not I don't know maybe I'll I'll do a lot of like uh messing around with loops or something in subsequent episodes but I think my wrist is better I've stopped wearing the brace I'm I, I can like you know uh floss my teeth without tweaking it so I think I'm I'm on the mend um but I just uh, <laughs> I did manage to injure myself, not actually playing the song, but trying to extract myself from a guitar headphone situation. <laughs> uh, who can I get Workman's comp for uh no. <laughs> Silliness. Anyway, here is chariot. Mm.
1: on the mother tree I said to myself we've all lost touch your favorite fruit is chocolate covered cherries seedless watermelon nothing from the ground is good enough body rise it looks over me oh cherries seeing moons rebirth rings made mirrors of the earth the sun was just yellow energy there is a living promised land even over fields of sand seasons fill my burden cover me bring it back bring it back more than man Away from there.